Hello and welcome back to the Blockbuster Hall of Fame. We are in the midst of our Indiana Jones series. So, uh, this is the third movie, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. So, I have uh, something fun planned for us, but before I hop into that, um, tell me some quick thoughts, guys. Uh, we'll start out with uh, Jordan, since this is your movie series. Oh, man. Thoughts. Watching this one, I love it. Still love it. Just couldn't look away when this movie was playing in the back. And I was just watching it. To me, this movie is like the definition of a perfectly paced movie with its mix of action, comedy, and just like setting up plot. And that's where I'll go for for right now with it. And Seth, quick thoughts. I think if this had been the first movie, or if it had been the only movie, I probably would have liked this movie. I think the fact that I, even if I tried not to end up having to compare it to Temple and Raiders, I end up liking this movie less and less. But it's not that it's because it's a bad movie. It's just not as good as the other two. So it, if that makes sense. So it's a good, fun time. Like I'm, It's not like it's a bad movie in any way. It's just not as good as the other two. Or actually three for me, but, you know, I stand alone on that island. Well, I uh, do agree with you right there. In a vacuum, this movie is entertaining. It's pretty good. But just uh, coming at the end, uh, or coming, like, at this time, the end of the trilogy that it was, um, it's just like, man, it's kind of a letdown. Like, we go out on this note? Like, this is the note we're finishing this on? It's not like saying it's a bad one, but it's just like, wow, like we have number one is like a near perfect movie. And then this one is just like. We have Indiana Jones at home, the Indiana Jones at home is this movie. So, yeah, it felt too. uh, I don't know. It was a very stark difference between going to Raiders, the temple and then to the Last Crusade, which ended up for me feeling that's what I meant by like if this movie had been first, like if we watched this movie first, I don't think that I would have felt as much tonal whiplash from movies, if that makes sense. Like this one at times, you know, I know Jordan talked about the comedy, and the comedy is good. Like again, if this movie had been the first one I'd watched of Indiana Jones ever, uh, I probably would have liked it a lot more because it did have a lot of good comedy to it. But at times, it felt a little borderline. I want to say this. This is going to sound so much worse than I mean it, but my brain's not working to give me a better adjective. It almost felt kiddish at times. Where okay, it was... uh, I'm going to cut you off. All right, we're going to save the uh, back and forth. Jordan, thank you for being quiet. We're going to save the back and forth after we play our fun game. Oh, we're playing so, a fun game first. Okay. Uh, you haven't you haven't heard one voice. It's Ray's voice. Um, he is off the podcast. We kicked him out. No, we, kidding. Uh, he'll be bad takes. <laughs> he'll be back next week. Uh, I'll go over his thoughts. He did text it to us. I'll go over his thoughts um, later in the podcast. But so you know, when I'm hosting, I like to play games. I like to do fun things. I'm not saying that Jordan doesn't, or not Jordan, but uh, Ray doesn't. But I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. So I gave Seth and Jordan the task of picking an artifact that Indiana Jones has to find. So they are getting ready to write Indiana Jones and the blank. 
Seth and Jordan are the amazing writers, and they're going to try and pitch them to me. So I said the only rule is that Indiana Jones has to stay true to his character, but use your imagination in what it does to have Indy go chase down an artifact. Because, of course, uh, three artifacts, we've seen him go, we've seen him chase down three artifacts at this point. So, guys, who would like the honor of going first? I can do it. Let's go. All right. So you may not let me do this first one. So if you don't, I have backup plans. Uh, So because we've done two Christian mythology movies with, you know, the Ark and the Holy Grail, and then you had the Temple of Doom, I wanted to uh, go more in line with Temple of Doom in a single setting location type story. And I wanted to set it in Egypt and I wanted it to be set in the same time period. You know, these movies are typically set in the 30s, 40s kind of deal. Uh, or mid to late 30s. And I want them going to Egypt, and I want them looking for a book that's black with gold trim, and I want them to run into a person who has nice hair, uh, kind of parted down the middle with a thing. And uh, while he's there, he runs into a librarian who is uh, this, British. And, this uh, is going to be the greatest crossover of all time. I'm bucking here for it. Let's go! That's not the, all right, I wasn't sure if you are going to let me do a crossover. Yeah, yeah. I... That's what I want. I want Indiana Jones and the Mummy crossover. I want. I want to see that movie. That I think that'd be fun. The people that they're facing is not Nazis this time. It's Marauders, uh, people who are you know going in there. Uh, and I want to see like you know the Brendan Fraser. I, I think what was it O'Connell? I think was his name in that movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I want to see that character. I want to see Indiana Jones interact with that character. The only fear I have about the movie and them doing this is that O'Connell and Jones are maybe too similar, but I would like to see kind of a uh, them playing off of each other after maybe like they antagonize each other for the first, you know, act of the movie and part of the second act and learn to work together. And then they start really playing off of each other and their own quips and adventures and stuff like that. I would, I would like to see that. I can a hundred percent have Edie. I think that's her name or Rachel Wise's character. Say. Yes. Quick, hop in, drive, and then they both try and open the driver's door. Yeah, and yeah, start, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's vision, just like yes. the entire like second act of the movie is that. Yes, and then when they finally do get comfortable, they start being able to play off of each other, like yep. and you know making the jokes and you know being the bad guys with the the quippiness and everything. While you know they both flirt with Edie, and you know uh, obviously O'Connell still gets her. That's fine. I'm not trying to get Jane, Jones has his own girl already. Uh, you know. Yeah, I, don't, I just think it'd be fun, and it would be set all up in Egypt, so it wouldn't be a travel thing or anything. But yeah. Okay. As soon as you said black book with gold trim in Egypt, I was like, I already know, and I'm in love. Uh, quickly, just reference the other one because I'm allowing you to do this crossover. Okay. Uh, the other two are just going to be a, the Golden Fleece and Nazis, so more traditional story. Just instead of Christian mythology, go to Greek mythology. And the third one was there is a church in Indonesia that uh, was built in 1988, but I didn't know that when I first built this until I started doing the thing. And it's called the Chicken Church because it is a church shaped like a chicken, and it looks really old. And this one was going to – and there's supposed to be demonic vampire ladies that are in there. And this was going to be a counter 
Indiana Jones, where he's still Indiana Jones, but at the end, it turns out there is actually no mystical elements whatsoever. It's a very dark and bleak world. It was my anti-adventure story. I was going to take it to a dark, dark place. All right. I'm glad you let me do the crossover. Man, I I love it. I I really can't. I'm sorry, Jordan. I can't beat that, quite frankly, that (laughs) cross. My question is, what what year is this taking place? Because the... The mummies were in the twenties, and here's so are we going for a younger Jones or an older uh, mummy guy? Okay, I I'm wanting this to be kind of like when uh, Raiders Temple area, so it'll be a little bit older mummy people, right? So like they are established and everything like that, so they may not have to. This this is where it would be a uh, the crossover, obviously, because the mummy movie happened. So we're assuming the mummy movie doesn't really happen in this movie if that makes sense it's almost like indiana jones invades the mummy if that okay okay so my mind it's like this is them finding it the book here now for the first time (sighs) so mine mine was the one i i was thinking about this and i'm just going to call it indian the great con and it's about him trying to find genghis khan's uh uh two and I like si- the wordplay. Yeah, I, 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 that was probably my best part about this whole idea. <laughs> I think, and basically, what I was thinking of, uh, it's the, tra- it, it's basically going to be like the legend of whoever f- uh, f- finds the uh, Khan's uh, tomb will become the greatest land empire again. Because in the ancient times, who clearly had the biggest uh, land empire? Genghis Khan. Nothing comes even close. The only thing that beats Genghis Khan's empire is the British Empire in the 1780s around that time, to give you an idea how big it was. And so, I just... If you've seen the movie um, Marco Polo, it's a really a different scenery of like land and like type of culture that people a lot of times don't normally see and they have a lot of the same traditions and stuff like that where like the games and stuff with the riding the horseback and like carrying around the sheep basically playing like a football game with a dead uh, sheep and so there's all sorts of interesting like uh cultural things that you can bring that a lot of times don't get shown in uh movies and series so that's why i was going to go with this route and I was thinking, like, who else could you go for more power than Genghis Khan? And I like the, the clever uh, name with that. that. That's a good name. Ray's going to be upset he wasn't here, that he could yell Khan really loud and angrily. <laughs> He's going to be so upset he missed this opportunity. Yeah, I really like that, Jordan. Um, just to play on words for the title is great. And then, like you said, like Mongolian culture is not, like, explored enough in, like, Western media. So, yeah, no, I love that. That's a yeah, great I, idea. For me, it's the way to... Because a lot of times you bring other cultures now, it doesn't feel so foreign or different. And I feel yeah. like Mongolian culture is probably one of the few things where I could feel like you go and visit it, it does feel like, oh, wow. Yeah, I no, no, no. It totally would. That. Because, I mean, um, like a few years ago, I like realized that they had, like at one time, one of the largest statues in the world, mm-hmm. the statue of Genghis Khan on the horse. And I'm like, is this my first time seeing inside of Mongolia? <laughs> like when I saw that statue, I was like, "This is the first time I've seen anything in Mongolia." Yeah. So no, I think it's really cool. I think it's really cool. Um, 
All right. Wait, can we oh, can ahead. we just say how much better the NFL would be if they used the dead sheep instead of the football? All right. <laughs> like, I'm just imagining this, and it's very gory and disgusting. But uh, I'm just picturing that. Like when you said it's like a football game, but with the dead sheep, I'm like, yeah, huh? That is uh, uh, really disgusting. Yeah. Uh, I know it's on horse and different, but I was just picturing like football in America with the dead sheep, and now I'm disturbed and grossed out, and I want y'all to be as well. Uh, but yeah, yeah no, look, I'm just imagining right now, like probably the, they're about to ban this play apparently because um, the Eagles were too good at it. Cool. Um, just uh, Jalen Hurts on a fourth and one with the dead sheep <laughs> trying to sneak fast. <laughs> It's, it's so sorry. disturbing. But, yeah, like, I'm trying to I imagine like Jalen Hurts trying to smuggle a dead sheep one yard. Uh, it's I funny that you bring up uh, bring up eagles. Though one of the ways they go hunting is use these huge eagles that they train to like tack deer and stuff like that with these big eagles. It's really... see that that'd be cool. Like that'd be a cool like. There's a lot of cinematic opportunities for this. Mm-hmm. No, hell yeah. okay. So if it wasn't for Seth, like literally bringing in <laughs> Brendan Fraser, you win this one easily. Are <laughs> you bringing Brendan Fraser in the committee? As soon as he started talking about it, like, well, I, I... no, 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 it's not even yeah. fair. It's not even fair. Fuck you, Seth. It's, it's, it's not. It's not. But that was my first thought. My very first thought was, you know what? He should go to Egypt. And then I was like, wait, he should go to Egypt and see O'Connell. Oh, my gosh. No, you win. You win. But (laughs) shit, I'm sorry. No, Seth. You know what the movie you actually want to see. (laughs) I want to see both. But again, you bring in, like, same writers as The Mummy 1 and Mummy 2? Hell yes. With Indiana? Come on. Wait. You cheated. I just want to say, though, Jordan... I think you should get Robert Eggers to to direct your version of the movie just because that'd be a very intense Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. But I love the way he did the Viking games and stuff like that and how he explored that culture in the Northmen. Have you seen that? Did you the see Northmen? I haven't seen the Northmen yet. I, that was one of those movies I've been meaning to see, just haven't seen. He does that, a thing in that yeah. where he shows a game, like an old school type game they played and everything, and he made it really – I don't I think – any other director would have made that scene and it would have been just less. Uh, so I know Eggers does not do the uh, necessarily Indiana Jones to see what it would look like to see Indiana Jones adventure movie done by Eggers style in Mongolian culture. I think that'd be cool. All right. So uh, my quick one, it's not as in depth because the game was mainly for y'all and I, this was my quick thought. So essentially in like style of like national treasure, um, Indiana Jones steals the shroud of Turin uh, and there's like location and you could like analyze it to find, he's eventually trying to find the tomb of Jesus and leads him on a chase. And as they're getting closer to the tomb again, like Sean Bean was a bad guy, national treasure. He was trying to, you know, you, you had Nicolas Cage right there to say Nicolas Cage is the bad guy. You were this close to greatness. And again, so that's the kind of movie vibe I was going for in that in that case. And then who can get to the tomb of Jesus first to see what's there. And 
the ending of the movie, Indy just buries the tomb so no one can get there. Yeah, my, my original idea, because you you're talking about that, though, was uh, the true co- cross. But then I was like, man, that's going to make a lot of people mad because a lot of people claim that they already have the true cross. So I was like, let's try a different one. <laughs> Hey, it's it's, it's uh, especially in today's climate. Somebody's gonna be pissed off if Christian artifact. So I think that's why in the fourth movie they yeah. went for an alien skull or some shit like that because it's the environment. Spoiler. Way. Sorry to all those who are listening. So spoiler for the spoilers, title of a movie. Speaking <laughs> of spoilers, let's spoil the hell out of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. So. Seth, we're only going yes. with positive at the moment, just positive. Positive. What okay, you like? I can do that. I uh, I like Trevor Phoenix as young Indiana Jones. I thought that was a great casting, uh, especially because we've seen how hard it is to cast young Harrison Ford in movies since then. Um, even though I did like the solo did casting, it is hard. He did. He did. Oh wait, so I love Solo, but I'm just saying we've seen the backlash that comes from casting a young Harrison Ford. Uh, so I think River Phoenix did a great job in this movie. I was really uh, thrilled with that. I liked the Indiana Jones quip at the end about where his name came from. Um, despite what I said earlier, I actually liked that joke. And then I also loved in my Ray moment here, I did like the Doctor character she was a very well thought out character you know just because ray is not here no one has to fall on that sword no one has to fall on the race i have to say really out of the three uh movies we've seen she she's the my favorite uh leading lady Oh my god, dude. I'm gonna take a hunt. I hate the fact I don't No, I but I'm saying me personally. I thought because she, she was really good like assist assisting with her all as assisting at India on the adventures and she wasn't like she'll scream occasionally, but when she screamed, I get why she's screaming. When you got rats crawling in your hair, I think just about any well, one of us would scream like that. She's mm. definitely better than uh, Willie. That, yeah. that is oh yeah, by far easy. not even yeah. But then like uh, also she helps figure out things with him and with Indy and everything. And so I thought they make a great dynamic. And I hate the fact that the leading lady I like the most is a Nazi. <laughs> but she, I will say this: they did actually do something with her that they did not do with Willie, and that is give her a little bit more depth of character. To because even though she was a Nazi, she so, was not a true believer. She, yeah. yeah. Now, now we have a Jared moment. Uh, don't think I forgot about who you chose to go on that road trip with. All right, no one forgets the Raiders. This anyway. is gonna be a good road trip, though. No, but I was gonna say that uh, she played Jenny Flex in A View to Kill. So, um. Yeah, James Bond, like Jordan, and if Ray was here. Uh, and the new movie, RRR, she was in that movie as well. I haven't seen that yet. It's supposed to be really good. Yeah, it's a three-hour movie, It's but it's amazing. Um, but yeah, Allison Duty, she was really good in this movie as well. Jordan, positive thoughts before I let Seth go on his TED Talk. The development with him and his dad, I thought, was one of the best parts of the movie. They really had great chemistry together. 
like just a little comments and you can see uh the dad being very rough with indy at the beginning and then it softens like how much he's enjoying spending this time with his dad or with his son and everything and then one of the best parts i still think in the movie with this when they first meet in indiana jones this big adventure guy when he starts talking to his dad as a full adult he goes back to his like childhood behavior just about when he was talking to his dad i just thought that was really sweet and cute so for me, <clears throat> I think I like Salah most in this movie. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, out, out of the other two, out of the other two, I felt like, I mean, I think it's just like me seeing him for the first two movies and then me seeing him in this movie. I was like, I think it's me finally accepting. I really like this character. And so if I go back and watch the other two, it's just like, I'm going to like them probably even more. But it's just like the third one is when it really like hit for me. Like, this is a good guy. This is a good character. Um, why well, I said he was like a great sidekick. And why- yeah, yeah. And it's just like, I guess it probably like set in. I'm like, man, he really is. Um, but I really liked, um, who was that? Marcus Brody. So he was... Um, the fish out of the water pretty yeah. much the whole time. Uh, I did enjoy him because he is just like he was felt like different than everybody else in the movie. So I, I like that contrast really of him. Um, he, and, oh, go ahead. You've got, I was going to say, you've got the, if you ever go to like the history department, there's two complete like different types of uh, history professors the, the, the book ones. And then the ones that go out and go uh, do the dig sites and everything like that. And I like the fact that you have Indy and you have Marcus, the two types of uh, uh, professors when you go to the history department. So, yeah, I I enjoyed him um, in this movie. And, of course, uh, Elsa was the best uh, female companion of the movie series so far. Um, But, yeah, no, I... um, the hell is wrong with y'all? Karen Allen's right there. As problematic as that was, Karen Allen is still right there. I okay, no. So I'm not gonna do Ray. I'm not gonna explain it away. It is what it is, and they said it in the movie. So I'm no. I mean, she's like if I look at it like and I separate between her and Andy's relationship, and I look at her just by herself. Ah, she's a badass. And I said, like, even her bar scene was my favorite scene in the movie. But if I'm looking at it as a whole, I'm, I'm not going to explain it away. Um, but yeah, so I also enjoy. So think, uh, oh, go ahead. I'll add one thing. I also like the fact she wasn't ever the damsel in distress. That was like. <laughs> Except for when she wanted to be. Just just when she faked it, and it was her plan. Mm-hmm. And I that's one of the things I like. It's like, oh, you're a bit different than the rest of the women. She wasn't she they did do a much especially from Temple to this one with the female yeah. character, they did a much better job with making her sympathetic. I know there might be a common like modern day critique of that of you can't let a a woman be evil you have to have her be redeemable uh but i think it works really well here so i don't care about that critique 
And she yeah. chose what she did, and she paid for their choice. And I like they went that route too. Yes, yes. So, um, and then my another good positive note before we um dive into Seth's negative, his TED talk. Um, I like the comedy when it was incorporated in the set pieces. So, um, specifically the tank set piece mm-hmm. uh, towards the end with the horses and everything like that. They incorporated the comedy in the set piece like pretty well instead of because most comedy in the set pieces for the first two movies were just like quips or anything like that there was no real like physical comedy or like doing anything like that i mean it wasn't slapstick physical comedy in this movie but it was more like hey i'm doing an awkward like movement or i'm doing something different or i'm like yeah and so just like trying to do it like that way i, I like that i like that change of pace so not gonna say the other part. Oh, go ahead, Jordan. Last one. I was gonna bring up another one that I love. It's like, I, I'm sorry, son. They got us. <laughs> and he shoots up the back of the airplane. Oh yeah. He's like, plays it off like, oh I'm... yeah. So, so again, like good physical comedy within the set pieces. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, and especially funny when they took the guy's car. <laughs> uh, yeah, he put on the hubcap. <laughs> But yeah, you set up the joke as like, oh, I can see that happening, and that is funny that it happened yeah. like that. So yeah, all right, Seth. Now you're waiting. Step up <laughs> on the stage and deliver that TED talk. Okay, here's here's the deal. I just want you to know, I, I do have two more positive things to add to this, especially because I'm going to start here with my criticism. The first one is the father's ineptness in the field. I think was an intelligent decision that mostly paid off but at times i did think it kind of did there however jordan is correct and then he said they hit us and played it off that was one of the highlights of his inept, uh, the inept joke of him in the field and stuff absolutely loved it uh the other thing is uh the indie after after the tank comes up behind them as they're all looking down at what they you know, it's like our exploded body. I thought that was well done too. But I will say, and I think this is a, I have two of these on my list, and I think that these kind of go hand in hand. And it is the tonal whiplash from Temple of Doom to uh, this one feels very, it, the jokes I think are somewhat overdone to the point where, again, if this had been the first movie I watched, if this had been the first one in the series, it started with this. I probably don't have an issue with it as much because it's not that, it, again, it's a bad movie, and I want to stress that. Uh, but the tunnel Whiplash made some of the jokes end up feeling kind of kiddish in the sense of, like, they wanted to make this movie, like, G-rated movie. And it's not because obviously they have other things in it, but it's like, it just felt to me a you little got too much. Heads knocked off, and <laughs> but, yeah, it's just saying, like, like because there's parts, you know, and, and and they have like you know the kissing and the uh, and which. That actually brings me to my next thing. I'm sorry, dude. The father. I don't know what it is about this franchise, and like whenever they have a strong female interest, and the ick factor that they have to introduce, because father and son is icky. I'm sorry, it's <laughs> icky. That is icky. Uh, the whole, you know, Marion being a little younger. All right, that was icky as well. I do not know what it is with this series. The only appropriate relationship this guy had was with Willie, and I'm still like, what the hell? I would you, need to have earplugs for that relationship. Man. I, <laughs> that's fair. That is fair. But I'm just like, wow, you didn't have to do that. 
And then, but these are these are like the superficial levels. The the ones that actually bother me, and this one's the last one actually is superficial, I guess, to a degree. Is that, and I overall I can forgive it. Uh, and it's actually Sean Connery, who I think does great in the movie. I, I do think he does great because Sean Connery is great. It's really hard not to hear Sean Connery though when he talks, and I'm supposed to buy that he's Indiana Jones's father, and I'm like. His adopted father? Like, is this, like, it's just, I couldn't unhear Sean Connery. Even when he was trying not to, all I heard was Scottish. I'm like, I, and I like Sean Connery, and I get, you know, some of the appeal of it and everything like that. I'd have read somewhere that, like, they were thinking about Gregory Peck as being, like, another guy, and I think that would have been fantastic. I really wish they had actually gone with that instead. Uh, but Sean Connery did great, so I mean I can live with it. But my absolute biggest issues I had, other than the the kiddish tone that I wish would have been scaled back a little bit more, and mostly with this first criticism, is I know Jared, you said you liked this. I did not like this, and that was Marcus. I did not like what they did to him because in the first movie, to me, he came off as being like a, you know, serious guy, a guy who knew what was up, a guy who would not get lost in his own museum. And then in this one, it feels like they did, uh, you know, okay, like sitcoms are guilty of doing this, like Kevin from The Office, in which, you know, he starts off, he's not a complete buffoon, but then by season five, they run out of jokes to make with him, so they make him into being a complete idiot and over the top with it. And it felt like they just didn't know what to do, or they're like, ah, you know, we're just going to do that. And that was part of what made me think of the kiddish part. Like this guy, the ending thing with him riding off in the horse, I didn't like that because it just, that was the part of me by Kiddish. And I think if they had scaled that back some, I think I probably have less issues with it. And that leads me to the last thing here. And, uh, and that's the character arc of Indiana Jones is totally screwed up by this movie. How uh, so? Well, Temple of Doom, he goes from Fortune Hunter to It Just Belongs in the Museum. And in Last Crusade, before Temple of Doom, he's this belongs in a museum, and then it belongs in a museum, and it's like, okay, when did he go from this belongs in a museum, Fortune Hunter, this belongs in a museum? So, I mean, there's a headcanon example. Here, here's but. the thing. I actually took it a little bit different, because you see the dude with the hat that he yeah. tries to emulate. When he sees that guy get the reward and everything... I feel like that's when he goes to, like, look, the officials don't care. And that's how I sort of took it with it. It sort of, like, completed the circle around with him. Because clearly, the guy even talked like Indy. And he, so basically, I see that prototype. But that's Indy, what he based himself off growing up as the final parts of the adult. I, I can take that headcanon. I'll take that headcanon because it, it does fix a problem for me. But it felt very weird because the movie cut directly to him still saying it should be a, in a museum. But, but, but that's it is still after. after yeah, it's still yeah. after that. So that would be correct. Yeah, I'll take that headcanon. I'll tell you, I'm not sure that that's intentional. I feel like, you know. You don't think they intentionally made that guy the fortune hunter? No, 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 no. No, no, no. no, no, no. That's okay. intentional. I don't think that they intentionally thought about Temple of Doom when they did that scene. I don't think that they were like, oh, well, Temple of Doom happened afterwards, and he had his character arc after that. I think if that had been the case and that had been intentional, we would have seen Indiana Jones's that scene 
and Temple. Then why not him make him make him much more like oh this goes to the museum and then him to emulate that thing because clearly that's who India is supposed to emulate. Well, I think he got his cool factor and he got his in the field factor. But I thought here's how I took that because okay. this movie is about fathers and sons, right? Uh, his father was always academic. He was always in the office, and his father didn't really give like two rat tails about that cross when he came running in. He was like, "Say the Latin," and so he made him start saying things. This other guy was actually out there doing things, and so I viewed it more as a they were trying to put I don't want to say the word cross, but juxtapose the academic father that he didn't really have a strong relationship with to the exact opposite and it was almost indiana jones's rebellion because you see indiana jones the academic and you see indiana jones the adventure and he's living that like and i think by the end of the movie you end up seeing them blend together which was one also good thing they did fairly well with this but that's why i took it that way i took it less as this has anything to do with temple and more to do with indiana jones's father figures and heroes that he was looking up to Okay, but I like your head canning because it helps. It helps my problem with the movie. So, for me, what I did not like, I did not like the more forced humor um, in the non-action scenes because it was like they were trying to like set up and tell jokes versus quips. And for the first few movies, it was more quips than I'm trying to tell jokes, which felt a little like a tonal shift, as Seth was saying. Um, another thing I did not like, uh, the even the River Phoenix did a good job. I didn't like that whole like sequence, the beginning. I don't, to me, it just kind of felt like out of place. Um, yeah, it did good job explaining and things like that, but it's like, that's not, you can tell a story without having to do that entire, like, flashback sequence. And I'm not saying I hate flashbacks, but it, I don't know, I just felt like this movie suffered from bad writing, really. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, like, the action sequences were done well. The comedy and the action sequences were done well, but it's just like outside of that, they just it just didn't feel like it was written well to me. I don't I don't know. Maybe because Do you feel the, like there was something missing in it or something then? The father son story just wasn't impactful. It's like you spent this whole two hours trying to tell the story and then the story is like not good and so like now the i mean it's just like the criticism now for like movies are you try and cram too much into two hours which is obviously the criticism for ant-man but i will find out tomorrow um like oh, you try to cram too much into two hours but okay i get how you mess it up if you try and do too much in two hours but when you do one thing for two hours and it still doesn't like hit it's like what were you doing because that relationship I, didn't really hit for me. That tone. I think if the tone had been slightly more serious, I really do. I think that would have helped yes, a lot. I think, I think sometimes that's they really play it. too much jokes that they kind of like a Thor Love and Thunder for me with him and Ali Portman's character in that movie, in which okay, they played a little too much. That's not a whole other level amount of jokes, though. Thor. <laughs> oh, you are, you are right. You are, I, I know. 
I'm not saying it's the same level of jokes. I just mean, but like how in Thor Love and Thunder, because they were so worried about jokes that when it came time to actually be emotional, it was like, well, I don't really have any buy-in right now to this scene. Now, it was, it definitely wasn't on that same level. This is definitely a better movie. It is definitely, I, I very am okay with saying that. But that's what it makes me think of. Like, I think if it had been a little bit more serious and it had tried to do a little less jokes, that it would have been more impactful. Okay, Jordan, I guess, go on. Yeah, because I just to... don't see see that because for me, the I just thought their relationship was growing in their conversations, and as you can see them, he, one of the things it was was the fact that like the dad, like you could see him more and more enjoying being with his son on on the adventure, and they didn't even have to say it; they did mention it a little bit in the movie, but you could see him getting more and more gleeful because. Before you see him, or when you see him at the beginning, he's a very stern and serious guy. And you see him open up and have more talks with his son and realizing, I wasn't the perfect dad, but we still gave you uh, uh, love and, or not love, but like allowed you to have the life you lived. I, I'm thinking that was the wrong one. But in my idea, that was his idea of how he loved his son by allowing him to be adventurous and everything. Well, I, I think you're right too, though. That you are right. Like there was those moments in which you did get to see that shift. Like uh, in the father, he's being kind of stuffy to like super playful. I'd agree with that. I, you do see that. That is there. Okay. So that's why I'm trying to figure out what you mean with the because that's one of the key parts of the story and how that was done poorly, or what do you think in particular was done poorly for being bad writing. I think for me, it was going to be just the, the like I said, the, it's the jokes, the ratio of lighthearted banter jokes and setups to serious emo. Like, think Raiders, right? Like Raiders and Temple, okay. right? They had like these, like, they did have jokes, they had clips, but they had like a serious tone to it. So when you had the moments with him and Marion on the ship, right? When he's like, you know, uh, was it's not the age, it's the mileage, right? And you had that line. And it's kind of quippy, but it's not super joke. Like it has, it lands a little bit more as a, it's a nice, sweet scene kind of deal. It's a tender scene kind of deal, and you don't really get those those type of moments until the very end of the movie. And so you didn't have, like while their relationship, you did everything you just said was true. You did get to see that stuffy, you know, stoic, stern father to more playful, enjoying time with his son, father. And that part was good, but it's like if he had had a bit more of a balance from the beginning to the end, for me, it would have been like, or a few more serious moments, if that makes sense, earlier in the movie to kind of go with the jokes. Then I would have bought because I don't know, it just it felt very like I wasn't supposed to take this what serious. jokes in particular you felt like took you out of the movie. It didn't, take, okay, it didn't take me out of the movie. It just didn't. It didn't make it land necessarily. So it wasn't like it was, like I was not like this joke was terrible. The Marcus part, I, I didn't like the Marcus stuff. That, that's okay. one set. That's fine. That, I get that, that. That's one, yeah, that's one set of stuff that definitely kind of, okay. you know. Uh, but it was like what I would have liked to have seen, and like I said, all I can do is really compare it relative to the other ones. Is that you had serious moments with the interpersonal relationships throughout the other two movies that I don't really feel like we got in this movie. Like he. Like going up into it, like you know, he runs into his dad, uh, and it's almost immediately it's there's hijinks involved, and 
the moments with his dad, there's hijinks involved. The umbrella, the birds, which was a fine scene. Again, it wasn't necessarily bad, but you know, he's chasing the Nazi in the car and the bridge, uh, and the the plane's skidding by, and the guy looks at him as it goes by. Again, by itself, perfectly fine. Put it all together though, without any of those quiet moments for us to actually reflect on where they are in the stages. I don't know. I feel like that was for me what suffered. All right. So we seem like agree to disagree on the tonal shift. Um, well, Seth and Aaron agree and Orton and Ray are not. I'll get into Ray's thoughts at the very end when we get to our voting. Um, but yeah, so we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, Excuse me, Marcus. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm so sorry. We talked a little bit about Marcus. We talked a little bit about Henry Sr. We talked about Salah again returning. Um, I'm going to talk about a character who really actually took me out of the movie. And I think we all know that one character. When he pops up on screen. Dan Aykroyd? I... Oh, wait, no, wrong movie. I don't know who you're talking about. Adolf Hitler. That took oh, you out of the movie? I completely forgot about that. Oh, yeah. I, that was, me, oh, I, I paused mean, yeah. the movie. Yeah. I, like, after that scene, I had to pause the movie and like get up and just like walk around just to like, reset myself. Just, just, oh, my I to, God. I blocked that out. I watched that yeah. movie four days ago. Yeah, he, I, he no, autographed no. the book. Oh, so I literally like after that scene, I just had to like pause the movie and just like like <laughs> I I just I literally got up, went to the restroom, went to the kitchen, just like I had to just do random routine like my okay well let me clean my toilet let me I just something to reset myself to like finish <laughs> the movie. Me, let me clean my toilet was the <laughs> like I had to do something to just reset myself and. That may be like a personal thing, Mm-mm. but that's that's my biggest gripe. The biggest, that's my gripe. biggest gripe. No, that's more than fair. He autographed that the book, and I I watched this movie literally in preparation for this like four days ago, and I already blacked that scene out of my mind. I was like, wait, he was in that movie? It's like, oh my god, he was in that movie. Yeah, I did not like that part either because it felt again. When we talk about making a tone kiddish, you're playing Adolf Hitler for jokes and book burning for jokes at that point. You did have the Elsa, you know, getting sad, but you're playing that for jokes. And that's one of those things where I I have a hard time taking the rest of this seriously when we're using Hitler for jokes. And that's a 100% Russell Westbrook award for me. One billion. That is probably the hardest Russell Westbrook award that I've given and probably will give for this entire podcast. (laughs) but no, that no is no Hitler in the movie. <laughs> I do or come. No, treat it more seriously like, if it is. So no, 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 no. So the way that Quentin Tarantino used Hitler in his movie, perfectly fine. But the way that like it was presented in this movie, the way that it was presented, Seth is completely right. It's like a, it's like a joke, and it like took me completely out. And, and like, Quentin Tarantino wasn't a joke with the Hitler. <laughs> But again, the tone of the two movies is way different. <laughs> yeah, it fit with that movie more than this one fit with this series. Maybe the movie, but not but the series for sure. I'm not sure. It, I don't know. It's just 
the two like you know hitler and you know book burning now the book burning admittedly at first they i thought it was actually a pretty nice scene at first it started off strong with you know because it allowed that complex scene of her looking upset like oh how dare they do this this is upsetting how are they doing this so it i actually thought the scene started off strong and when you saw hitler just over there kind of to the side i thought okay perfectly fine i forgot about that and I literally watched this a couple of days ago. But yeah, when he runs into him, though, that's the part that, like, if you wanted to keep Hitler in, I think it was fine as, you know, oh, my God, okay, how dangerous the situation the is, right? If he's in the background, you know what I mean? Like, it can add some stakes to how much this uh, indie, you know, because obviously if, you know, the big guy's there, then everyone's going to be high guard, high alert, just like, you know, at the president of America somewhere, people are, you know, going to be on high yeah. alert. So him going undercover can be added more stakes to it, and that can be worked really well. Him being pushed into him and Adolf taking the book and signing it and then handing it back. And it's just like, yeah, that part of it, it I would agree with Jared. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, for, I forgot about that. I don't know how I did either. Yes. But um, overall, not completely shitting on the movie. It's still a good movie in its own right. But just coming yes. at the end of those first two movies, it fart noise. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to add, Jordan, before you hop into categories? I, I just to me just seems interesting because to me this is the this is the movie I think of like when I think of indie movies more than anything else. And so just hearing your guys' different takes. <laughs> now I really like uh, the last or. Uh, so yeah, not the last. My mind's going blank now on it. Uh, the Seth is upset uh, so much. <laughs> Did you just say that this is the movie you associate with Indiana Jones? Oh yeah, this like, is the biggest Indiana Jones. Like yeah, for me, this is the key mark Indiana Jones movie. Okay, I have a question. I and it's not. I don't mean the snarky. It sounds snarky. Did you watch this movie first out of curiosity? Because I have a theory. I really. People... I, I've seen indie so long ago that I don't know which ones I've seen first. Okay. I know. Yeah. It's. Okay. I was just wondering. And again, if that sounded snarky, I don't mean it that way. But like, it, it was like, it's one of those things where I really wonder that if I had watched this movie first, if I'd feel differently about it. Yeah, like, and, it you know. Might be. But I, I've seen all three all, so many times and so far back that I, I can't tell you which one. This is the one I've seen the most for sure because my dad loved to use this movie to uh, test out his surround sound system because the audio <laughs> on the movie is great. Yeah, this movie and Top Gun, like love he loved having friends over to show the movies. All right, so um, I had to take my glasses off for that comment. Um, we're gonna hop into <laughs> categories, guys. Um, I, I do not regret that comment at all, and I am sticking I'm, with it. I'm still so favorite scenes, uh, or like best scenes. So uh, nominations. I have the even though I did I did crap on it because of it the scene itself within the movie, but the scene in the vacuum was really fun, which was the opening scene with uh, River Phoenix. Um, so to me, in a vacuum, it was fun, but when you add it to the movie, not so much. Um. Then we have the entire sequence uh, I'm nominating with the with his dad, with Henry, when they um, hop on the plane, then hop in the car, then the ending of that. And then the tank scene 
um, as well. So, okay. And I know so then, like those almost like run in together, Temple of Doom style, where just set piece, set piece, set piece. But there's a little bit of lull in between those two running in together, between the plane, the car chase, and the tank and the horses. I got to say something real quick so I can stop thinking about it and stop shaking. The young Indiana Jones scene can't win solely, hands down, solely, only because he fell into that one car that we will not talk about and I will not talk about because, oh my God, I screamed. When the thing came out of his shirt, I screamed, all right? When it came out of his sleeve, when that thing, I was like, oh, my God, what, what the heck, man? Okay, I'm no, not talking, we're not talking about it. We say no more words about that scene, but that's, no. I will say, so when we heard that scream, when they did the cutaway, that was actually Seth screaming. That wasn't yeah. Andy. <laughs> it, it really, I'm not lying. That, for real, when we watched this movie, I forgot about that part, and when all of a sudden he was that thing, I was like, ah, no. Uh, can, anyway. can I just say though, I don't know if you guys would agree with me, but you take this exact this this makes for the best probably video game movie that you could just copy and paste what's going on in here throughout the whole movie and put this in a video game and that'd be an amazing video game. Yes, I mean, because this... it feels like a video game when you think of how a lot of the sets are set up. And well, I was I think thinking we're... about that because I was thinking of the Rhino scene also. And I'm like, that to me, like, that's a quick time event right there. Yes, so, and that, that is that's a perfectly fine scene. We can talk about that animal all day long. Um, so, no, I think this more closely would follow, like, a um, Uncharted, mm-hmm. like, a movie or game, because they at least tried to tell story, and, like, Temple of Doom didn't really tell, like, much story. It was just set piece to set piece, which was fine, so it did feel like, um, you know, an Uncharted game, but... Uncharted does have like really, really fucking good story in it as well. So that's why this one, it kind of felt like, hey, let's make Uncharted, but not <laughs> tell a good enough story because we don't have 40 hours to tell the story. So, yeah. Um, okay. So, favorite scenes, guys. Let's go. Best scene. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Best scene uh, for me. Uh... I cast a negative vote for your young Indiana Jones scenes for stated above. All right. Oh, no. I don't think I I've was, ever. Okay. If we're casting that, a negative vote, I'm, I'm, if we're casting negative votes for Mark Ruffalo cast... for the Indiana Jones, can we cast that negative vote? Okay. I didn't forget. Yeah, yeah. Didn't You've already forget. done that. If I'm casting <laughs> negative votes, I'm casting it for the fucking Holy Grail scene that felt like they ripped that entire scene from Monty Python. It felt okay. like. Monty but Python. I, I did actually like the way he got there because that was actually going to be my vote. Is actually for the uh, from the moment he gets to like the uh, the penitent man kneels right all the way until when he gets to the night. I actually really liked the uh, like the step leap of faith type deal and all that. I actually liked that. I actually and the walking and uh, on the steps and everything. I'm not sure how it could actually exist but you know what this is also a movie that has the holy grail granting eternal life so <laughs> i don't think i need to but uh but i liked it i did like that i didn't like the i didn't like the grail part i don't ever like scenes like that i didn't like that in harry potter i don't like it here uh but you don't... it was remember in harry potter and the sorcerer's stone i'm not sure if they I, had I haven't movie. seen any of the harry potter movies 
I think this is from the book. I don't think it was in the movie. I think they no, actually. No, it was in the movie with the uh, stone in it his was... pocket. Yep. No, 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 no. The uh, the the goblet drinking stuff. I don't like any of those oh, like oh, choose no, no, which no, no, one no. you okay. do and stuff. Yeah, I, I I've never been a fan of those. Uh, which I'm pretty sure the Harry Potter and Sorcerer's Stone came from this movie. I can't swear it is, but like every time I see this scene, it's like, oh, pick which one you think it is and take a drink. And if you drink the wrong one, you're dead. There was actually a diet. Uh, Pepsi and Diet commercial based on that, and they, and they choose. I forget which of the t- one of the products, and the guy goes, "You have chosen wisely." <laughs> Just give you an idea of how popular that scene was when the movie came out. Okay, that would be good though. That that's a funny play off of that. But I, uh, I've never been a fan of those type of things, really, like in movies and stories and things like that. I'm not sure what it is. It's a personal thing. It's nothing that's necessarily bad. But my vote is for that part that leads up to the Holy Grail. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Jordan, what's yours? I have a tough choice here. I think I am am going to go with the tank one. But there's so many iconic scenes for me. Like for the blimp, it's the other, the boat chase scene. Those are all like iconic for me. But I am going to go with the tank scene. All right, tank scene is our winner. I love some good tanks, and the comedy was pretty good for that scene, the way that it was written within the action. So, hell yeah, shout out tanks. Um, and, so, MVP. And young Indiana Jones didn't win, so that's good. MVP, ooh, MVP. Actually, I'm going to do a controversial vote. I'm going to vote. It was Elsa, right? I keep saying Elsa. That was her yes, name, right? it is Elsa. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, after I said that earlier, I wasn't, I can't remember. Uh, it was Dr. Schneider. Was it Schneider? What was it? Schneider. Yeah. Schneider. Yeah. 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 I, uh, that's my, that's actually my vote only because I thought that they, I really liked the way that she was the most, to me, she was the most complex character of the movie. And so I liked her. Not that there wasn't other complex characters. She was just the most complex character. And she was also the one that I think was actually allowed to be given the most serious scenes throughout the movie. And yet you gave me a, a weird look when I said she was the best out of the three. Okay. Because she also slept with the The reason why is because she slept with the father and the son. That's gross. Because she was a German spy. She was a Nazi spy. Who, who's icky. among us? Hasn't slept with some. Okay, I'm done. Um, yeah, let's not even. Thank you for stopping. <laughs> okay, that's your MVP vote. Jordan, who is yours? Uh, I am going to go. Oh, you know, yeah. I'm going to go with Sean Connery in this movie. I knew it. I knew you were going to do it. Yeah. I. That's why I said don't do it. All right. Um. Well. I- Dr. Schneider is our winner because I'm voting for Elsa as well. Um, I thought she was the best female companion and she held her own again. Um, so, no, nah, she was just awesome in this movie, man. Um, so, yeah, Elsa is my winner for MVP. All I'm right, fine six with man. that. I, like I said, <laughs> Jordan, who do we got for six, six man. man? Oh, come on, man. As it's Salah. Come on, he, <laughs> Salah. Yeah, yeah, all the time, man. If he's in the Indiana Jones movie, it, it'll go to him. And like I said, I'm going with him in this movie because I, I, it, that's when it really clicked for me. I was like, 
holy shit, this guy, this is a good character. So yeah. And so like he, I said, yeah. man, he's always got your back and he always has like resources where it's like, dude, what do you need, man? I <laughs> gotcha. Uh, Seth, who do you got? Yeah, I really, I'm going to be honest with you. This is going to be one of those things where if I have to vote, sure, I'll go with y'all. But otherwise, I kind of abstain because I don't really have anyone I think that would qualify for six man that I would vote for. Because the only other person that I would think that would really be almost pivotal to the movie would actually be the guy whose name I don't even know. Uh, but the one who wore the fedora in the opening Young Indiana Jones thing that in my head was given the dichotomy and the juxtaposition between his father and who he wanted to be or his rebellious stage. I don't know what his name was, but that guy. I don't think they ever said a name for him, so yeah, that's so I, fine. Yeah, he, he was the only one that would be my other like possibility. But he was in it so little, I think he would be like a 13th man, not a 6th man. So, yeah, I'll go with that. I'll, I'll go All right. I'm good with that. So, um, Russell Westbrook, I, I mean, I have one for this movie. I already said it's the... Adolf Hitler scene. So, um, anybody else got Hit- one for this one? Hitler book signing. I don't know how you how you're voting for another scene outside of Hitler signing the book. Uh, Jordan, you got one. It's okay not to one. have one. I don't got one. But just know, Seth and I are kicking you off the next episode, <laughs> and it's just going to be Seth and I talking about it on the next episode. We'll, so that means I don't have to watch the fourth movie? I might be up for that. Wait, that's no, the never best mind. One. It's the best one. Uh, I hate you, sir. All right. So, um, again, my favorite category, road tripping. Who do we got? Seth. Right, you, can't, you can't pick Elsa. If you pick Elsa, I am going to, Jared, I want you to know I will never forget this. Anytime this comes up, I will constantly think of you picking bad guys from Indiana Jones. But anyway, with that out of the way, I'm going to pick the guy with no name who I can't think of his name because he seemed fun. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I'm actually even somewhat disappointed that that guy didn't have more screen time. I don't know how it would have worked. I have no (laughs) idea how it would work. But, like, I actually thought it was pretty cool seeing this guy that was, like, very obviously Indiana Jones. In fact, if I have one regret, I wish we would have seen him first. And I wish that Spielberg would have mimicked his opening to Raiders with that guy just to fool everybody. (laughs) <laughs> like, I wish that would have happened, and then they would have, like, you would have panned back then to see, like, when you realize, oh, it's not Indiana Jones. Oh, okay, then you see the troop right up. I wish he would have done that. That's the only regret I have. Gee, a clever idea, I, I think. I'll give you that. That was a clever one. Yes. All right, I'm going to pretend like Jordan's not so shocked that I had a clever idea uh, in his tone, <laughs> but it's fine. I have them every now and again. Okay, so who are you not going on the road trip with? Uh, Hitler. <laughs> that, one, that one's obvious, right? Um, <laughs> is that too easy? Is that too obvious? It's so obvious that I wasn't even thinking about Hitler. <laughs> All right, I'm just. I, I can't have thought that was going to be the obvious choice here. You know, I mean, you know, just, you know, if Hitler's in the movie that 
That's the answer. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yes, he's I, in the movie. I can't, okay. I can't fault you on that logic. There is... <laughs> so, yeah. I'm not going with Hitler. <laughs> okay, um, Gordon, you cannot pick Hitler. So, <laughs> your turn. Who would you most want to go on a road trip with? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> You know what? I am going to do it this time, and I am going to go with Elsa. The I, Nazi. Yep, the Nazi. <laughs> yeah. I, I just want y'all to know this, all right? I picked a Nazi. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I mean, we're fitting in with the GOP right now. All right, Jordan, who are you not going with? The other Nazi. No, <laughs> the we- Hitler. Okay, the Nazi general then. There are plenty of Nazis in there that I would not want to go with. General Um, Vogel. Yeah. All right. um, For the first time. I have to to say, I liked him as a villain. He made for a good villain. We didn't ever talk about him. He had the right mix of both being a bit incompetent but being not so incompetent you're wondering how in the world does he have this job that's a real hard fine line to get right and he was also different than uh super scary nazi from raiders yeah so i did uh, like that they at yeah. least uh, differentiated <laughs> you got different shades of nazis <laughs> so um i am actually gonna select indy for the first time <laughs> i'm going with the <laughs> That that's a yeah. This one is kind of hard. If you're not going to pick a Nazi, for example, it eliminates all but three characters, four characters. So, if you're going to go with a named character anyway, unless you're like me and you go with the man with no name, and, wrong trilogy, um, I know. But even though I did say I like Marcus at the beginning, but SF, you kept talking about it more, and I'm like, he was an idiot in this movie. I'm not going with Marcus. Yeah, you're right. Like the more you kept talking about it, I kept thinking of like those scenes, and I'm like. Yeah, he was an idiot. I'm I'm not going with Marcus. No, keep his ass at home. Because he's probably going to tell me to drink out of something and I'm going to end up dead like him. So, all right. You'll get, uh, you'll get lost off a of Highway 60 or 6 or whatever, you know, where it's just that straight shot. You'll probably get lost. <laughs> you, oh, my God. You know who he is? I'm sorry for making two of these references on one podcast, but he's Michael Scott from The Office. That's who Marcus was in this movie, and that's not a good thing. Not in the good way. Not in the good way. Buddy, I hate You go on a road trip on him, and you're just stuck on the 610 loop the whole time. Like, why are we not getting anywhere? Oh, man, that is... (laughs) Well, no, because he was like, saying we're going north. Now I'm saying we're going east, though, but I thought we were going north. Now, Now we're going south. What? Sal? It's almost like we're going in a loop. Huh. It's almost like we call it the 16 loop, Marcus. <laughs> it upsets me how much I could see that being in the movie based off of just solely his portrayal in this movie. Oh, oh good. Oh, okay. So we're going to play everybody's favorite game and pause for silence so he knows when to put it in. All right, Rotten Tomatoes time. Our winner last week was Yorton. Uh, so, Seth, what did this get on Rotten Tomatoes and why? 
I'm gonna go with uh, I'm I'm gonna go higher than I actually think it deserves because I remember growing up thinking and wondering why everyone liked this movie uh, more than the others. Not why they liked it. Sorry, that's not a again more ugly on this movie than I am. Uh, so I'm gonna say 87 because again I think even critics will recognize it's not as good as Raiders. Could be wrong, but I'm gonna say 87. And but it is higher than Temple of Doom, which I think I have, or was it like, what? How high was what was Temple at? Y'all remember? I don't know. It doesn't matter. I'm still saying 87, but for some reason I was thinking Temple of Doom was lower 80s, but I could be wrong. It was. Temple okay. Was 83. All right, Jordan. What do we got and why? <laughs> going to go. So close because of what I was going to pick. Because I am going to go 86. I'm going to go with one of my trusty ones with 86. Wait, did yeah. he just one? Did he just one below me right now? Yeah. So if it's higher, you win. If it's lower, I win. What an asshole move! Wow. Uh, Seth, it was the pick 80... I already had said in my mind. So. Oh, yeah, I think he's going to be. He's up here 86 in me, all right? <laughs> so it's 87 Seth, 86 Jordan. For reference, uh, audience score was a 94. I, think I mean, I believe that. Good, I really actually believe that from the way people um, talk about it. Yeah. And one of you was one point off. And that made a Seth Bracken. The 88 <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? 88. So even the Why are you tomato, so confused? You give one off what you got. Okay. The rotten what? tomato score one pointed you. <laughs> he wins and he's like shocked. Like what? We're back in the traditional set in which when I win, I don't think I should. Uh, like I, I, I don't. You just don't understand critics, apparently. There, Seth. You are look okay. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I can't agree more with you right now. You are because so I was right. pretty darn close. I, you know, just I, like so. For me, I'm I'm gonna be honest. Temple got an 83, but again, Temple was one of those movies you can just turn your brain off and just for the ride. Great movie. This movie actually tries to elicit emotion, but does a bad job at it. But this got a. I think critics would disagree with you there. With I'd, fl- I'd flip the scores. <laughs> I would. I would honestly flip the scores because again, I don't no, think this movie. Me too. Awful. Me too. I'd flip it. Like so. if it was me, I'd flip it. I would say that you know, what Temple eighty three. This one's at eighty three, right? Yeah, Temple is at Temple, Temple would have been at eighty eight. This movie would have been at eighty three. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would do. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, and then Robert Ebert, Roger, sorry, <laughs> not Robert Ebert, sorry, Roger Ebert, uh, praised the, the Boy Scouts at the beginning, said it was a great movie, it's a big time adventure, and he loved it, so Roger Ebert loved this movie. Um, and so I love this movie too. <laughs> uh, when it comes to recommending, I, this is the part where I read Ray's comment. Ray said he thinks he this is the best one by far and already top tier Hall of Famer. So if he's already putting it in top tier Hall of Fame, that means he's recommending it to a friend. Ray loved this movie, said it's the best one. 
Um, we need to check to see if Ray's eyes work, apparently. So, so My eyes would, you work. Recommend, would you recommend this movie? Why and why not? Why or why not? Yes, actually, but I, I do have a special part with this one. I think people, in order to enjoy this movie more, should watch this movie first. I really do think it, because I truly think if I watched this movie first, I would probably not have as much issues with it. Uh, so, because it's not a bad movie. So, like, and it's a free recommendation. Like, if you don't watch it first, do I think you should still watch the movie? Yes, because I don't think it's necessarily, like, you know how, like, the third movie sometimes suffers a lot? I don't think this movie actually had that big of a dip, actually. That's something we didn't really talk about. Like, I know I seem like I'm super negative on it. I actually still don't think it was really that bad of a movie. I just think comparatively and relatively, which I tried not to do too much, but I couldn't help. So I would recommend watching it first. But even if you don't, I still recommend watching the movie. All right, Jordan, do you recommend the movie? <laughs> Easy. No brainer. Uh, same here. Again, I'm recommending every all three of these because it's a great fucking trilogy. So, uh, yeah. Um, Hall of Famer, Jordan. Oh, yep. Yeah. Yep. Easy. Not even have to give it a second thought. Seth. No, no. I cannot. Here, here's the deal. Here's why. I uh, I'm happy to vote for the other two because the other two I I could watch. I I recommend the movie because I think it's worth watching, especially if you watch the other two. But uh, I uh, no. Mm-mm. I did. This is a movie like when I'm watching Indiana Jones. I'll skip this movie. This is the one I'll skip. Yes, I there is. I will watch the fourth one before I watch this one as far as repeat. However, I will admit I've only ever seen the fourth one once, so I'm very curious to see if I still like it. Okay, so Ray puts this in the Hall of Fame for him. So the vote comes down to me or we go to another tiebreaker. Our first tiebreaker? Our first tiebreaker? <laughs> well, I mean, it won't be the first one. Um no, no, this year, this year. Sorry, let me freeze. Yeah, because yes. we do a tiebreaker for man with no name, right? No. Um. So what that means is that we're gonna have to break this tie because unfortunately, I this not. There are certain scenes that are in my hall that I would put in the Hall of Fame, but if I look at the whole two-hour movie, I kind of want to rewatch that like this, like that. I mean. If I want to watch Indiana Jones, I'm 100% going to watch Raiders for the billionth time. <laughs> um, like yes. I said, I think it's a great trilogy, but that's looking at it as a trilogy. But this movie in the Hall of Fame, I know. So we are going to have to break the tie. We will disclose those results on the next episode, which the next episode we are talking about Indiana Jones. And Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. The best one. Harrison Ford and newcomer Shia LaBeouf. That you may remember from your days of Ian Stevens. Newcomer to the franchise, I I think. Okay. So Mike, he was well-established name then. I don't think he meant like this was his first movie. I think he just meant newcomer to to the franchise. And we have returning favorites as well. Uh, not yeah. for y'all favorite, my favorite. And um, I still liked her. I know. I'm just, I'm just messing. There will be I'm some excited. Shia. Just letting you guys know, there will be Shia LaBeouf talk. 
Shia LaBeouf turned out to be a piece of shit, and I will be mentioning that. Yeah, he's an I'm interesting gonna... case. He's an interesting but, case, but I, I'm excited for I'm that. I'm not going to lie. Shia LaBeouf, like, he made the movie Honey Boy, and what a fucking roller coaster of a movie. It was super enjoyable. So. And I hate recommending that movie because Shia LaBeouf made it. And he's not a good guy at all. And, uh, yeah. So, welcome to Hollywood, people. So, we will see you guys next week. Thanks for watching with us. Uh, follow us on the gram. Uh, Ray has it. My cat is now eating my plants. So, I gotta go and save my plants. See ya. <laughs>